0: Instead of ads today, I want to ask everyone a small favor to help the cannabis legalization movement, something I have largely dedicated my life to. If you're hearing this in the future, we are always fighting political battles for cannabis rights, so this will definitely still be relevant, unfortunately. Currently, the US has six states with cannabis legalization initiatives on their ballot for election day this fall. I've started a campaign called Blaze the Ballot to help raise awareness Educate voters and spread fact-based knowledge of why legalization is so vital for our country's future. This is something I'm doing personally, not through Blaise and Bakery or any of the organizations I work with, and I'm doing so on a national level. So, if you could take two seconds to follow me on Instagram or Twitter at I am Taramisu. That's I am T A R A M I S U, or Taramisu on Facebook or LinkedIn. I'm going to be posting information and videos of everything you can do or should know to join the blaze the ballot movement and make a real difference to get cannabis legalized everywhere. Every person counts and helps us build momentum. You know, sometimes if you live in a state like California or Colorado, it's easy to forget there are still states without medical where cancer patients and children with epilepsy are still suffering and even states with medical where citizens are being locked away for possession of small amounts. In my state, New Jersey, it's nearly 100 people a day. It's time to change the world, ending cannabis prohibition once and for all, and we're stronger together. So please, join me at I am Tiramisu, and let's blaze the ballot. Thank you.
1: You're about to get insider access to cannabis industry experts, entrepreneurs, activists, and living legends. Meet the people who live and blaze this life every day and are about to change the world. Now your host, the founder of Blazin' Bakery, New Jersey's first edibles company, with over a decade of national advocacy, sales, connections, and adventures behind her. A true trailblazer in cannabis. This is Trailblazing with Tiramisu.
0: So this is not a strictly cannabis episode, but honestly, it's one of my absolute favorites so far. I talk with actor, producer, and director Craig Sheffer, who's had an incredible career with roles in movies such as the Academy Award winning film with Brad Pitt, A River Runs Through It. He played the antagonist in the John Hughes Brat Pack classic, Some Kind of Wonderful, which I still hear people say is their favorite movie. Craig starred in the beloved cult horror classic Nightbreed and Hellraiser Inferno, both from horror master Clive Barker. He was also Uncle Keith on One Tree Hill and was in about a million other things. Most recently he stars in the horror suspense movie Widow's Point with his daughter Willow Anwar in her debut role. Willow is also the daughter of actress Gabrielle Anwar who was in a series I was a little obsessed with once upon a time. And she was the actress in the iconic dance scene in Scent of a Woman with Al Pacino. We're going to talk about all that and of course there's some cannabis content too. Really fun cannabis stories from both of them. This was such a cool interview. After cannabis, horror, Halloween, all things macabre are a big part of my life. So let me know on social what you think. I would love to do more episodes like this. Oh, and we weren't sure in the interview, but Widow's Point is currently available. to buy or rent on Amazon, Google Play, and YouTube? Links are in the show notes. So you should definitely check it out. Alright, episode 15, I'm starting to get the hang of this podcast thing. Trailblazers, the amazing Craig Sheffer and Willow Anwar. So um, thank you guys so much for coming on. I'm really excited. I, I do have to say to my guests today, I don't have um, cannabis focused guests, but I have amazing, amazing guests that you are going to be so lucky to hear about. I promise I will pepper in a little bit of cannabis.
1: And we're a little high, so. Okay. And they're a
0: little high, so I don't even have to. You, you guys covered it for me. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yes, Craig Sheffer and Willow Anwar, uh, that's his daughter, are both in the new movie Widow's Point. And I watched it the other day and it was so, so good. And it has been killing it at festivals. You guys got, uh, what was it, best feature, two best actor, two audience awards. So it's doing absolutely, I have to say, I really loved it. Um, it it's not your typical horror movie. But um before we get into that, would you mind if I I talked about your your body of work a bit more and then we can talk about Widows Point?
1: Yeah, talk about anything.
0: Okay, cool. So um you have had this ridiculous career, you know, you did your John Hughes Brat Pack era, and then you have this cult horror movie that people are still obsessed with. Your Academy Award-winning movie with Brad Pitt. Your your IMDB is like the length of my arm. Um, <laughs> so this is the stuff dreams are made of. And I I think no matter what industry you're in, if it's entertainment, if it's cannabis, inspiration is universal. So, and and I've heard things like you slept under a staircase at Grand Central. So, and and I've heard many actor stories where that didn't work out, you know, and the end of that story, (laughs) (laughs) you know, the end of it is, and I worked at McDonald's and, you know, now now I I sell insurance. Um, So, but for, you know, the struggle that you faced and having it all worked out. Just tell, tell me a little bit uh, about your path and what your journey has been like.
1: Oh, it was pretty amazing. You know, I mean, I, I, uh, I, I was really wanted to be a, a football or baseball player. I mean, that was my dream, but, but I started doing plays very young, actually. I And I was never good in school. So mm-hmm. the fact that um, in sixth grade, the teacher hated my guts and they, and they had a play tryout and I was like, wait a minute, I got the lead, she hates me. How, how did this happen? And I was like, okay, so I had some natural talent and then I did plays throughout high school, went to college, majored in theater and played football and baseball. And then in, in second year of football, blew up my knee. And, the, and my plan was already set. So I just, I literally hitchhiked to New York City and started, uh, you know, living in YMCAs when I could afford it. And, uh, you know, got a job at a, at a famous mafia restaurant called Jimmy Weston's. And just, uh, you know, it took me about a year to really figure out even how to send out a picture or who to send it to or any yeah. of that stuff, you know. It was it was basically uh, the first um, job I had after that job I got from actually the people who picked me up hitchhiking knew this Jimmy Weston guy. But the first uh, job I got after that, that I actually made money at was Trump's first restaurant. Oh um, God. <laughs> the Grand Hyatt Hotel, which he it was the old Roosevelt Hotel, which he bought. And um, so that was when I really got to meet other young actors, uh, you know, who had a lot of them lived in the city or in the boroughs, and they knew what to do and who the the agents were for, you know, for commercials and who were the ones for this or that. So I sent out my first picture and the agent called me in and signed me, actually. Wow. And, and it was. yeah. Uh, that's
0: pretty amazing.
1: Uh, well, well, I have
0: to, I have to ask, did you get to meet our fearless leader?
1: Oh, I waited <laughs> on him just about every did other you? night. Oh, yes.
0: God. Any, any, <laughs> any, any charming stories? I hear he's such a lovely man in person. Oh yeah. He was a really <laughs> lovely
1: man. Yeah. Yeah. He was in in every night with all these other cronies and, you know, he was just a braggart is all I can really say. Just,
0: yeah. That sounds like, about right. So I. Drag. So you, you uh you were blessed with a little bit of luck and meeting hard Absolutely. work and that's great. And and do you think it's easier or harder for actors starting today with, you know, everything being digital, it's a lot less I th- I think that networking aspect's gone away a bit.
1: Yeah, it's it's well well I'll tell you what, once they get a foot in the door, I think it's easier because uh, you know, they can actually make tons of dough off conventions, things that weren't there. Yeah, for sure. Right, uh, my bit of fame, you know. Yeah. and uh and off the internet and all kinds of stuff so but i can only imagine because of how everybody is on the internet now everybody thinks they can do it so there must be a tons more competition because w- when i started you either moved to la and did theater or like i mean did uh you know tried to did an acting class and try to break into television or films or you did what i did moved to new york and i worked my way in three years from Shitty little theaters that I was working in up to Broadway. And really? Again, again yes. Um, oh, I d-
0: I didn't know you were on Broadway. What'd you do?
1: Um, I did Torch Song Trilogy, which was the 1983 play of the year.
0: Oh, I did see this on Wikipedia. On yes. the Tony. Yep. Yeah,
1: we won the Tony, and then I did a bunch of other small theater, off Broadway, all kinds of stuff. Um,
0: so the, but- the the convention thing right now, like you said, is so huge. I hear so many actors who like want to do genre work just so they can do that and honestly like that is something i so hope comes out of this like i'm so trying to crowdfund a horror stoner movie that i could be in because i just think that would be the coolest thing it's like i've done all this work in cannabis like let me parlay this into something fun
1: now um a script you're saying
0: I don't have a script yet. No, but I, I was a theater major too. I did acting, and then uh, I—I kind of okay. got i kind of got sidelined into this cannabis thing, where I was like, "Oh, you know what? I'll do it for a little while, make some money, and then I'll, you know, go back to what I want to do." And I kind of just got sucked into cannabis for a decade. And uh, yeah, I'm—I'm kind of looking to get a little bit back on course to get back in entertainment. I
1: like the idea of a stoner horror movie, though.
0: Yeah, there's been three of them. There's been Hollow uh, Weed was one of them um and then uh halloween is a great name um the weed weed g's like a ouija board but with weed and then there's like wow the 420 massacre so there are like three like low budget like i would were, were I, any
1: of them did any of them you know get off
0: no they did not but um i I, th- I think because to me i would say horror is the second best stoner genre I mean, I think comedy has to be first locked down. But after that, I mean, uh, I horror
1: comedy, you know, horror,
0: horror comedy is the pinnacle then. So exactly. The pinnacle, so, yeah. Yeah. So starring Tiramisu. I'm going to start, gonna start thinking about that. Good. Please do. Right, right, <laughs> do, you do. All right. Let's work on that. Yeah, I, I yeah. have some ideas. I've been jotting notes for a long time.
1: Oh, um, I love to oh very cool. Seriously, yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, definitely. After this, let's, let's figure that out. Um, so let's see. So I have went on a bit of a Sheffer movie festival this weekend. And, uh, so a lot of your types are actually like the antithesis of the stoner. It's the stoic guy, the jerk, the villain. It's the complete opposite of the easygoing, like, Hey, um, so what's, what's the roles you feel most comfortable playing? And is there anything you haven't gotten to explore that you'd still like to do?
1: Well, I'd like to do more comedy, to tell you the truth. Um, but, um... Yeah, it's just not been something people, you know. I started out as a dramatic actress, or I was a dramatic actor, and and then all my first movies, except the John Hughes movie, mm-hmm. was you know also dramatic acting, and that's just you know you can get pigeonholed easy in this way. People saw me, and it was very interesting to see that they just you know didn't see me as a as a comedic guy. I really never even got many opportunities to to read for comedies, so yeah. Uh, so I'd like to do a little, I'd like to do a little bit of that. I have some writing ideas in, in that world, but...
0: Uh, and, and I think there are little inflections in Widow's point of humor, um, yeah. which I, I liked about that. I like that it adds levity to contrast with it's Such a s- suspenseful, tense movie that uh, I think that was really great. Um, so... All right, I, I have to geek out on Nightbreed a little bit for a while because, uh, you know, I, I mean, I met you at a horror convention, so I, I don't think that's mind-blowing. But um, I, I, to keep tying it back to cannabis because I have to or people get mad at me, uh, I think it's such a great film for outcasts, for people who feel like ah, they don't look. fit in. You know, it's been very vital to the LGBT community. It's felt in some ways uh, the first, you know, gay horror movie I've heard it called. Um, and I think the cannabis community is a lot of people who feel they don't quit quite fit society's mold they don't fit in and it's so i I heard that there's and there's been so many cuts of this movie because the original kind of got a little bastardized and then they did more of of clive barker's vision for it and then um there was a two hour then a two and a half and i hear there's now a three hour ultimate cabal version coming out (laughs) (laughs) so we,
1: we actually went around the country pitching that for about two years well we we went to morgan creek and um you know when i say we i basically what i did was i went to the festivals you know went to some screenings with clive touch you know talk to them and then the people that were actually doing the practical work on it um you know we would go to festivals and and pitch and tell the fans to write to morgan creek and they finally really? gave um the guys that you know that clive felt comfortable with the the, the rights to To all the extra film, and it was a long process, but it was really nice to see Clive Clive get his vision. And like you're talking about, the film basically is a film where the outcasts are the heroes. Yeah. You know, all the monster. You know, in most it it was a real turn on monster films, which I think is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Where the monsters are actually the good guys, and the humans that are attacking them and trying to kill them are the fucking monsters, which is pretty much the way the world really is
0: yes yes and i think that's Um, why it was 30 years later it still resonates with people and um you know people are still wanting more do you feel do you feel like the vision of when you guys were filming it when you were creating it has been realized through these later renditions or
1: well i i totally feel like that because clive feels like that and that's the most important thing clive is one clive is one of the most kind deep uh, probably the most creative human being I've ever met, like, wow. he's a, you've probably seen some of his paintings, he's a master painter, uh, he does nothing but create, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm a creative too, but I'm lazy, you know, <laughs> and guy just, I wish I had that same drive to constantly uh, do what he does, so, so ultimately seeing him happy with the vision is what I think made all of us happy, because he's just such a deep, kind man, and special.
0: That's amazing. Um, they, so I've heard they might do a TV series is, do you have any idea if that's going to come to fruition or?
1: Yeah, well, well I, I keep hearing things. I keep hearing things and, uh, here and there. uh, actually the last time I heard they were talking about, um, doing a, uh, basically starting kind of like now, now <laughs> I'm, I am old Boone and, yeah. uh, um, and, Anne Marie Bobby, of course, is my wife and. And now we have a son and at some point at the end of the first season, basically I get killed off by the angry uh, white Trump mob and uh, my son takes over. Oh,
0: wow. But that would be great. So you'd have involvement for a season. That's uh...
1: amazing. It'd be really fun. Yeah, I think think it would be a great. It'd be an amazing series. It really would. I I don't know if you know this. When I did that movie, I had to do six hours of makeup. So I would arrive at the studio at three in the morning Jesus, and six hours, I would be in, I had an eight piece prosthetic that went the whole way down to my chest. So it was the hardest shoot I've ever done in my life. Now they can do a lot more, a lot easier with CGI, but although, yeah, yeah, you can't do all, all practical effects, but, um, but yeah, I, I just think it would be, I think it'd be a really interesting, totally different
0: yeah and i mean the practical effects in that movie are legendary it was done it was supposed to be like the star wars of horror which i I think they kind of the creatures in that are fantastic so a modern take now like you're saying what they can do with cgi would be brilliant to see that all taken to a next level yeah and mm -hmm. um and, and you've always been more of a movie guy but you did do one tree hill and i feel like movies in the past you know I don't know, five, 10 years, you weigh in on it, have really kind of, people don't go to the movies anymore. But with the prevalence of Netflix, and now especially during quarantine, people are getting obsessed with series. And I think yeah. it's almost because people are identifying more with the actors in series because they're in your home. You know, they come to you and they're people you almost live with. You see them every week for years. So in a lot of ways, I think the TV actors are the people who are really becoming, um, having more of a fandom, like you said, with the conventions and stuff. Than movie actors these days. So, um, how was you know? I heard you tell a story about One Tree Hill, a girl who had like a tattoo of something you said. Um, I didn't watch the show, but what what do you think these days about doing more TV work versus more films?
1: Well, there's a big difference. When I started out, you're either a TV actor or a movie actor. Like, especially you know, I'm coming from Broadway. It's like you know, uh, you know, nobody TV. But once you, you know, if you're a TV actor, you're not a movie actor anymore. Well, that changed gradually over the years with, you know, people like Bruce Willis and John Travolta making that massive jump where they became Mm -hmm. movie stars on television. Um, nowadays, there really is no stigma involved at all. Uh, I mean, you know, a friend of mine, Jason Momoa, who's Aquaman, I mean, he goes just back and forth between doing his, you know, TV show for, you know, for Apple TV or whatever it is, and C it's called, and and another one he was doing in Canada. So I mean, that's about as big a movie star as you can get doing Aquaman. and, You know, doing a for sure, yeah. Movie. So there's no more stigma there, which is really neat because even when I when I did One Tree Hill, it was already starting to be like that. Yeah. Um, so you know, uh, I think it's really great, especially because the television you the television series you get to watch are almost better than movies, um, for the most part, better than movies, because now the only way they can afford to put a movie out in the theater is if it's a tentpole feature, a hundred, fifteen million movie. Yeah. And it's usually superhero stuff. It's, there's yep. no sort of char- character uh, stories or you know things that they made in the old days. That's all on television now. So that's the fun yeah. acting. That's the yeah. fun stuff to, to act in.
0: Very cool. And yeah, that's absolutely true. It's just superhero movies now. Uh, Willow, I feel like I'm leaving you out. Uh, so, uh, speaking of series, your mom was in Once Upon a Time, which I was Nobody puts with. my baby in the corner. <laughs> you literally put her in the corner <laughs> from, the, <laughs> from this angle. <laughs> uh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, next, my mom was in Once Upon
2: a Time. That was yeah. very fun
0: yes very cool so having your parents in these great shows do you um do you actually want to watch them is it weird have you you know enjoyed it
2: you know okay so with once upon a time i am obsessed with myth like the concept of myth yeah so i was very interested to watch this show just because i wanted to see the storyline play out and it was it was cool to see my mom appear in these like old, um, sort of Disney ideas that we were so exposed to as a child, but it was was a little scary seeing her play the character she was playing. It was a little weird for me. Um, But then with One Tree Hill, I don't know, I just, I I grew up on the, the show. So it was something that was sort of normal for me, I guess I was very exposed to, but what got weird was when it was came out on Netflix and my brother and sister who were you know, 16 and 18 years old, we're like, oh my god, like <laughs> this is our godfather, like what, Aww. like how is on this show, so it's crazy exactly what you were saying, where these these shows are coming
0: out of the woodwork. That's so it's cool, crazy. when you say you mean you grew up with it on set, or you grew up watching it?
2: I actually homeschooled um, for that year, because I was going between my mom two and dad years. two years, uh, because I was going between my mom and dad's house, so I would fly to North Carolina for the the filming of it, and then fly home for a little, back to LA for a little bit. So
1: very cool. So, so, she pretty much lived on the set. Yeah. Was yeah. in the makeup trailers and hanging out with the girls who were so nice to her. That's I mean, amazing. Movie nights with them, and really, it was really cool.
0: So you got acting school firsthand by living it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I was I I was exposed to it from birth, so it's something that I just have always been watching, I guess.
1: So, <laughs> so actually. This is interesting, I'm sorry, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, it feels like, no, you're I actually fell in love with her mom on read. Oh really? I, went in, I was in my monster makeup, my full-on monster makeup, I went in the cafeteria and her mom was sitting there reading far from the Matting crowd with her feet up on the table and I was like, oh my god, I'm in love. I mean like it was literally love at first sight
0: and, then,
1: and I didn't know who she was or what she was doing. And then I never saw her. It was two months later, I finally saw her in the canteen again. And I went up to her and I went, you know, you're really interesting. And she looked at me with my makeup. And she's like, yeah, you're really interesting too. And that's- That's that was,
0: it? Oh, I didn't know that. I know you guys did the grave together. So I figured that was kind of where that happened. That was
1: six years later.
0: That was six years later. Okay, sorry. I
1: can't,
0: <laughs> I, I can't know everything. I'm not your historian. It'd be super creepy if I knew everything. <laughs> Um, <laughs> all right. Awesome. So, um, let's see, what else do I want to talk to? So now some of these movies, like, uh, obviously a river runs through it, epic movie, uh nightbreed cult following. Did you feel at the time when you were making these things, did you know you were doing something special or is it just kind of after you're like, I didn't see that coming?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's rare that you know you're in something special i do remember uh on river runs through it um taking a walk with tom scarrett you know halfway through the shoot and he says make sure you you cherish this shoot because this will be maybe the greatest movie you ever do in your career because these movies don't come along very much and, yeah. and i was like, oh, that's, you know very interesting but you know you never really know until they come out you know if they're going to be seen but um, I had a good feeling, a very good feeling about about that particular movie that it would yeah. have a life because of the, I think the material in the period piece, and of course you got Robert Redford who knows what he's doing. He had just won the Oscar for directing before that. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And would you say,
0: Would you say it was the greatest film of your career?
1: I would say probably. Yeah. I, it's a I, fabulous I it's, film. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, it's my... Probably my, my favorite. I think it's. I think it'll last, and I don't know how many other ones I have that will be around in hundred years. But I think because of the period piece and the, you know, um, the literature angle involved and all that's the literary angle involved. I think it's uh, a yeah. that'll, that'll last.
0: Yeah, I was actually um, so so when we met the the way that we met. So we were at HorrorCon, You came out to New Jersey, where I am. And uh, I was supposed to work it. My friend runs it and he said, can you come help me out for the weekend? I'll put you up. I'm like, yeah, why not? It'll be fun. Um, I got there so inexcusably late. There was roads that were flooded. By the time I got there, he's like, just hang out for the weekend and look pretty and smile. I'm like, okay, I could do that. (laughs) So so I, I just hung out in the green room all weekend and talked to people. But um, definitely, we hit it off. We both had our dogs there. I brought my dog Diablo. You had Piggy. And it was just amazing getting to know you. I had a really fun weekend. Um, But you had just had, it was two weeks after the passing of your brother, who um, was an amazing Emmy Award winning uh, screenwriter or writer. And um, I, I was thinking when River runs through it, some of the parallels there of prioritizing family moving back home you know the the death for brother you know a writer news reporter it, it just there seemed like there was a lot of parallels there are there are there any movies that have felt really personal for you
1: i think that's the most personal and i can, I can tell you a couple interesting things um you know my brother was a a, a genius truly it's not exaggerating um could tell you that um but um, growing up I was the athlete, I was the good-looking brother, he was always heavy. Um, and the first time I ever, I felt like I really got a bent on what it was like, because to be my brother, having me for a brother, was when I did that movie with Brad Pitt, and everywhere we went the heads would just be like, uh, oh, you know, and he wasn't even a big star yet, he'd only okay. done film from Louise, but it was like he just had this presence and beauty, and, and um, I think it was the first time where I went, oh, now I understand what my brother's kind of gone through having me for a brother, always winning the trophies and winning this and that. And, um, so, so, yeah, that's, I would say, the most personal film. Also, my brother and my family, I took them to most of my movie sets, certainly the really special ones. And, uh, yeah, they were all up there while I was filming. So, um, so that do, was pretty.
0: Do you realize how little sympathy you get that you had to stand next to Brad Pitt to be deemed unattractive?
1: Yeah, it's painful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was unattractive next to Brad Pitt. Oh, just him. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's funny, though. That's very cute. That's sweet. Um, so, uh, and you you are a very sweet man. I know you took care of your brother, or your mother. And um, I mean, publicly, it says what's wrong with them. We don't have to say it. But both things are things that are treated with cannabis, So I was curious if at any point, did you look into cannabis or Willow did CBD? Yeah.
1: She sent us nice packages.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Uh, Good, good. Me and my
1: brother would, uh, you know, uh, partake of them and watch the Yankees uh, on a nightly (laughs) basis whenever we could.
0: Very cool. And he found some relief through it or?
1: Oh, he, he, my brother was a 24 seven, you know, he's, he's a five time Emmy winner. Yes. So my brother... He was a 24 7 pot smoker. I didn't have the stamina and ability he did, but he literally would go through sometimes up to like a third of an ounce a day. And that's how he pulled all the soap operas and won his Emmys. Wow. 24 7.
2: My (laughs) guy. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. That's a great testament to cannabis. I I love that. It really is. I mean, he
1: would be like, he was the most creative, you know, his mind never stopped. And and somehow it didn't, like for me, if I smoke too much during the day that I'm, um, it makes me tired in the evening. But for yeah. him, he never had that.
0: I um, I had a epigenetics expert on recently who, you know, like 23 and me where you could find out your genes. And it turns out that that's actually genetic, that there's some people who just will metabolize it differently. So one person could be like Snoop and run an empire and be 100% functional, or someone else.
1: <laughs> I was just saying like, how the fuck does the guy do yeah. what he does? I'm like, I first of all I seem to- It's all about know,
2: brain chemistry.
1: It's all about yep. brain chemistry. It
0: is, chemistry. it is. Yep. I yeah. just
1: get really stupid and more ADD than I am already. Yes. And, um, but I, hard but hard. I but I but I do use <laughs> it. I do use it for writing, but I, I get I'll get about two or three hours out of it. And um, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm super, I'm super ADD with that as well. I'm always notes, and at some point during this, I'll forget what I'm talking about and just move on. Um, <laughs> but, um,
1: you, you know what? understands.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. Oh, my God. But you know what? We need more examples like that of people saying, here's an Emmy award-winning writer who consumed cannabis 24 seven because we get so many bad examples in the media of the stereotypical stoner who just, you know, stays home on his couch and eats Doritos and never accomplished a work, gas station. So right. it's, it's great to give examples of people doing really well. And I, I hope we see more of them. Um, yeah. but that's very cool. Um, how about, so you said you sent out from California, the culture in Pennsylvania, which I know from being next door is pretty awful right now. Um, what's the difference you see living here to there? Like, is it just, I mean, and when I, and when I see it, when it don't have the access for medical use, then I think it becomes almost cruelty.
1: Well, Pennsylvania is, I think now. you have medical,
0: medical, but it's a very tight program.
1: Very yeah, tight. it is. Yeah. It is. But um, yeah, you know, it's well, California and Pennsylvania are night and day just culturally, you know, it's yeah. a very world. That's a very far right world. And um, you know, Californians are, for the most part, liberal, and uh, and so it's 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 a difficult world to navigate. Sometimes I have, you know, I have kept all my friends from childhood and from college um, very close to them all, um, but a lot of them are, uh, you know, hardcore uh, right wing people and are afraid the country's going to turn into a socialist mess. And yeah, it's hard to it's hard to communicate um sometimes but i love them so um that's okay just don't call politics
0: yeah no no i have a lot of them in my family too it's like jesus uh
1: but and there's one of them calling me right now
0: Uh, oh that's adorable
1: we love him though
0: so what about all the fabulous Hollywood people you got to meet over the years? Are you still close with them or are you? Because I, I do have to say, you um, I, I thank you very much for doing this because your appearances do seem to be pretty rare. I remember at Harakon, it actually said on the flyer, Craig Sheffer, rare appearance. Um, <laughs> so you do kind of lay low and I don't know if that's because of personal and I mean, you have no social media. Um, are you looking to put yourself out there more now that you're back in LA? Or are you kind of happy just being low key under the radar? I have my old school friends and...
1: Well, if my daughter had any, you know, she's constantly trying to get me to put stuff out. Cause I, I have a, I'm also a photographer and a writer and a poet. And um, I have a lot of completed things, but I, ne- I do them because I love doing them and...
2: He's basically sitting on a gold mine of <laughs> artwork that he doesn't release that it has nothing to do with acting but it's really magical stuff so okay. into the social media thing because it's a really good way to put it out there and for people to see the other amazing stuff that he does
0: well social media is kind of addictive so why don't you start it for him and then once he maybe he gets it I pass, shut it off. Tra-
2: i've tried everything
1: <laughs> oh you <laughs> tried look and i, I had uh, i don't
2: even know like 1500 it, it can be it can be not speaking from personal experience, but it can be intimidating when you have such exposure like that because you know you get a lot of people who have a lot to say about everything that you do.
1: And yeah.
2: so it can be a little scary to um, be vulnerable in that way, I
1: think. And also I hardly like even text. I The people I get to know, I like to talk to on the phone and have real conversations, you know, I'm just not, Yeah, it's, it's not really me. Maybe she's talked to me about doing a website where I don't remember. Somebody, somebody else runs it or something, I don't know. But I don't know if I ever will get more uh, more like that or not. I don't think I would.
0: No. So are, you're not into the LA celebrity, any of that kind of thing that- No, we,
1: when she was born, I bought a house on Malibu Lake, which is about an hour north of LA. Mm-hmm. So we had basically an acre on a lake and built this- um, We're
2: nature people. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, cool. So I got again, that vibe, kind of. We, yeah. yeah. we,
1: we grew up, <laughs> up on a lake, swimming, boats, fishing, um, you know, an hour from LA. And i uh, it's got to be the last premiere I probably went to, was like 25 years ago? I don't even know.
0: Oh, wow. That's refreshing. I mean, it seems like so many people move out there and that's the goal. Like all the superficial stuff is is the mission. And then if you're stuck on a lake, you're not doing well. So it's really refreshing to say like, now I want real life. And that stuff is, you know, in its own little corner over there. That's cool.
1: Um, yeah, I did it the first couple of years and it really was not.
2: It's very exhausting.
1: It's exhausting.
0: Is it? It's not, <laughs> it's not all it's cracked up to be in the. Uh... Not,
2: at all. not at all.
1: Some people really like it. I'm amazed that people that can handle it and do it. I mean, yeah. I it's actually all other, you know, other set of skills that I'm not really gifted with. So,
0: Tell me about Widow's Point and tell me about working with a, uh, is this the first film you've done as a father-daughter team or, Willow, I saw you were in something a a long time ago. Was that with or without your dad? I
2: did that. I did that. I I was on set so much when I was little. So I think that um, some of the crew would be like, let's just use her for this. And so that's kind of where that came from. But um, this was well, my first.
0: Well, that's amazing because as a child, the only thing my dad got me in was like <laughs> bars that didn't allow children.
1: So... Oh, you know and me. <laughs> <Yeah, okay. laughs>
0: well, so you got her in that and films. So I got some do So okay. <laughs> um, All right. Yeah, I,
2: um, I, that was my first experience acting, and kind of what we were just talking about earlier with the whole acting world. I always, always kind of having been exposed to it at such a young age I've always been watching it with very um scrutinous eye. so <laughs> yeah. I uh, I didn't I wasn't so attracted to it but I just fate kind of put me in this situation and I I got into a really bad accident right before I couldn't work work my job anymore so um he was doing a horror movie and they ended up doing my makeup to match the accident that I was in and stuff yeah it was really
0: oh my god that's fun that's a really interesting fact I'm so sorry you're okay now though everything's good yeah
2: I feel fantastically so it's all good but it was definitely funny pulling up pictures for my accident and having the special effects girl like (laughs) copying the accident I was like okay Jesus.
0: (laughs) Jesus. <laughs> You're coming to events still like that. They're like, she's not taking makeup off? What's she's going on? <laughs> so, yeah. That's awesome. I- so yeah, I really did love the film. Um, I think, uh, I mean, Craig, it was almost just like a, a solo showcase for you in some ways. It was, uh, you know, such, such a great feature for you, but, um, Something like I said horror is my genre I absolutely love it it's most of what I watch but so rarely do we get genuinely talented actors who have the resume experience to be put in a role like that and kill it to that level and I think that's really what makes the film shine is the quality of the acting in a horror movie it's it's almost unheard of so um yeah tell me um tell me a little bit about what attracted you to the role and just the, the well, making
1: that's exactly what did attract me to the role. Um, uh, I met Greg Lamberson, the writer director, um, while I was uh, doing another movie in twenty fourteen or thirteen, something like that. Um, and he was a writer, which I am, and I was like, "Oh, let me read something you wrote." He's actually a novelist, and he had made a bunch of other horror films. I don't know if you look at his resume at all, but he made I did, yeah, Time City Massacre. Mm. But he would make these movies on like ten thousand bucks, and it was like, wow. wow. so I said to him, I said, you know, well, you know, I I think what you do is really good. And that's, you know, when you can come up with something, you know, that we, that I like, and it it should be a significant uh, acting challenge. Yeah. And so, you know, he he called me up and said, I got something I'm going to send to you. And, uh, you know, if we got you, we can get a decent budget and have a decent shoot and actually Mm -hmm. make a, a movie and, so he sent it to me and I was just like, oh, this is great because like my f- favorite horror movie is The Shining, which I watch over and over. And yes. I just always, a, you know, Jack Nicholson's Descend into Madness. Yes. So I love that opportunity to, to to do that in this film, especially with the lighthouse and, and the stairs and how everything, how everything was set up. So, uh, yeah, so we just agreed to do it. And, you know, three months later, we're up in Buffalo making the film and, um, and uh, yeah, and so that's that's how it happened. But it was really the 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 story and the and the character that that attracted me. And uh,
0: so and it was challenge. So it
1: was I a sequence. You know, it was like the first two days. I I did half the madness and had to really you know track every slight change. And I like those challenges. It was you know fun for me.
0: Oh, so you shot most of, of the en- the, the, the ending. Of the- I'm sorry. The-
1: that's especially because my favorite person was there with me and we actually had to share a hotel room because it was you know pretty low budget
0: oh that's awesome so you guys yeah. got to spend like a couple months or
1: yeah so we you know work, work <laughs> during the day go home and go to the bar have some vodkas and some weed and go to sleep and do it again the next day mm-hmm. it was just great
0: that doesn't sound like a bad life <laughs> <laughs> So I looked up the Dunkirk Lighthouse and they actually, which is the lighthouse that was used in the film yeah. and it, uh, it actually gives ghost tours. It's supposedly really haunted. So, um, did you guys experience anything creepy during filming?
2: So I, um, I'm super into like all that stuff. I love all. Yeah. You know, Me too. Witchy <laughs> stuff. So. Um, the little girl plays Delaney in the movie. We 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 started bonding, and I was teaching her about all kinds of weird stuff. <laughs> and so she would got some um, little balls, and she would throw them across the room and ask questions to the ghosts in the house. And the balls would move like so strangely based on her. Cousin. It was crazy. So she would sit really? for ages just doing this, and everyone would come in throughout the day watching her. Kind of have this experience of talking to these two little children who apparently haunt the house. And if you talk to the people who work there, they would, you know, explain all of the people who've lived there and who haunt it. And it was just, it was very strange to see her, whose mind is still so open, having this crazy experience with
0: these ghosts. Well, that's what they say: is that the young people and the older people, because they're yeah. closer to the veil, are the exactly. most
1: exactly yes. exactly. Yeah. But- Yep. (laughs) This
2: is so cool.
0: That's amazing. So did anything the people who worked at the lighthouse say line up with what she was communicating?
2: They were sitting with her the whole time. Yeah. They were loving it. They were like so amused by the fact that she was so easily having this experience with them. I mean, I think that they bring people around there all the time who are probably skeptics and yeah. It is, it is what it is, but it just, I think they were so, they were, they were even amused by by what was happening.
1: Also, also when you talk about celebrities, uh, Willow grew up in a haunted house, which was our house. Oh, cool. Um, Yeah, our house, um, I, when um, Bewitched. Yeah. Original Bewitched.
0: Yeah, I I, I do. uh, i do an annual oh. pilgrimage to salem every year like i'm a really big fan of wow which and they yeah they have the samantha statue in the middle of town yeah. and all oh, that. they
1: do yeah I didn't know that.
0: yeah it's
1: well right. well i bought her house on the lake
0: no oh that's amazing yeah
1: and so i i i gotta say i the ghosts don't let me see them but <laughs> her, her mom like yeah, when it's, i was little I actually, all kinds of stuff happened so i had all the hands banging and uh, all kinds of stuff. My stereo starting at night, but I never actually saw the image. But my brother uh, went up with his friends while I was away doing the movie, and he would often stay in my house while I was doing the movie. And they like literally would not go up again after their weekend there. Wow. That's a, I was
2: watching Bewitched one time as a child though, and I remember going to him and I said to him, that's her, that's who's always who I see all the no. time. So one of the eeriest moments probably.
0: That's amazing. Oh my God. It was pretty weird. I love it. That's a better answer than I bargained for. Um, (laughs) So um, let's see. So I I have to say, looking back, and I know there's a cliche question, but I think it's so great. Looking back, like what advice would you give your younger self looking at where you are now? Um, I I, I think the role in um, Widow's Point, it has a lot to do with this author, you know, Later in life, returning to where he started. And in a lot of ways, you know, you got your start in horror movies too. So um, if you could go back to your younger self, you, little Craig, what would you tell him?
1: Relax, dude. Relax. It's not big a deal. It's just a fucking movie. <laughs> you know? Have to come yeah. back get back and go out there and pretend and let the money fall. You know? Just,
0: well, that's let's about you-, it,
1: you know, because <laughs> I would get pretty uptight and, and I didn't. I, I do not like having bosses, and so I always got along with actors, but I, would, I, I was tough on directors and producers, and um, so I would just go back and, you know, be just just a lot more relaxed about everything.
0: Okay. Well, it seems like you figured that out at a certain point, so it seems like you got it down now.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I figured it out about 20 years ago, but but, you know, the early career, yeah.
0: You're very tense. Yeah, I'm. St- I'm starting to realize that now. I saw it since cannabis legalization, 2018 to to about a few months ago when COVID started. We just had all this excitement. We were going to do it, and and I lead one of the largest cannabis trade organizations in the state. So I helped actually write some of the legislation that got paused. I'm sorry,
1: you, brought, you did that again. Yeah, you yeah. For about five seconds.
0: Yeah, uh, you did as well. Sorry about that.
1: I can say, say it again.
2: What,
1: what's happening? She's about
2: to say it. It's okay. Oh, oh. It just keeps
0: I got it. I'll patch it in. it's fine.
2: um
1: okay. No, Keep I was. <laughs> so I was saying. Um,
0: <laughs> trailblazing, baby. Um, I was saying that I run one of the largest cannabis trade organizations in the state. Um, and the past two years we've had a lot of excitement around this. But I look at pictures for me from two years ago. And it's like, I aged in dog years in the past two years. Like I I finally, now I'm just coming back and being a little bit of you like, you know what? Fuck it, it's it's not all on my shoulders. Like if, you know what, there's too much corruption, there's too much politics, there's too much money coming from every side for me to be out here, you know, worrying about fighting this good fight. I'm like, you know what? Go out, vote if it's legal. It's in the people's hands now, and I need to get back to doing things that make me happy. Like you said, let the money fall where it may. It's you know, it's it's yeah. just not worth the stress. I was, I really became, been killing myself, and I, I I saw a couple pictures of myself, and I'm like, nah, this has to stop now. And I'm feeling much better. Um, yeah. <laughs> so this is okay. a question. Once
2: told me, "Fuck it is is the highest form of surrender. So I try <laughs> to live by that. You know, just.
0: Okay, I, that might be my new meditation mantra right?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: very nice um, so this question I ask everyone and if you don't want to answer it I'll give you an alternate question but tell me about your first time smoking weed
1: oh my god it's still so profound in my mind I was the last person to smoke weed I was the straightest person you met my brother used to say I stayed innocent for longer than he ever knew in his life hmm. so I was in college I blew out my knee It's my second year of college. Before that, I didn't, I just wouldn't do it. And everybody else, of course, was doing it. This is, you know, 78. And um, so I blew out my knee. I knew that was, my sporting career was done. And um, that night, my friends were like, whoa, what what do you think now? I was like, all right, whatever. And I was on a top bunk of a loft in my dorm room at East Stroudsburg University. And I took a hit of the joint, and, and and I was just, like suddenly I was totally transported. And my body, I was on the top bunk, and I laid down, I was like laughing, like a, and then my body split like this, sideways, the whole way down, and the top part all turned to jelly. You sure that was just wheat? Oh, it was wheat, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: And that was 78, so.
2: He still kind
1: of gets like this. Yeah, I get yeah, yeah I, get, I get really high. Easy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but now you can tell people it's genetic. It's not me.
1: No, it's genetic.
0: I'm just wi- I'm wired this way. So you turned into jelly. Have you done edibles? Because that's a common... Uh,
1: no. Too much for me, because see how high I get on... Oh, so the last time... So she brought me edibles again. Uh-huh. When my brother passed away, uh, she came back and helped me. Everything was there for everything and um and then we were going to see my cousin and her kids about a week or two later and she gave me the tar what's the tar called
2: it, it was, what was it? it was jaden's juice it was just okay um, yeah
1: <laughs> that and but then she goes oh here do the gummy so we go to see my aunt and my my oh, mother's gosh. sister still alive and my body starts splitting in half again. I had, I went out
2: and- he was, he was having a great
1: time. I was having <laughs> a great time. But I, I had to go out and lay on the lawn and they were all laughing at me because I just had to lay on the lawn. Ah,
2: it's okay, you I... <laughs> just need to lay on the lawn, you
1: know? That's all right. <laughs> it's about, it about, you know.
0: So at least I'll you had- yeah, so You didn't have a bad done. experience though. Some people, they like overdose and they're terrified or paranoid okay, or-
1: Okay, a bad experience and it was my fault. Okay. Probably. Um, My girlfriend, uh, Michelle, uh, we went to see her best friend who I'd never met in Binghamton College. And so, I brought weed, I didn't know anything about edibles, but we baked brownies and I put weed in, but I didn't tell them because I thought it'd be a really fun surprise. We were going to go miniature golfing, so we, I put, I didn't know how much of the dosing was, but the miniature golf place was like a mile away from her, like, apartment, and like, by the time we got there, we were completely fucked up, <laughs> dysfunctional. And they were like, what happened? I was like, just put a little weed in the brownies. And I don't know. And like, we had to basically cr- slowly get that whole mile back to the apartment. And then, like, everybody was going to bed. And I, I had the munchers thought, i got to make something for everybody. So she had, two, she had two huge bags of tater tots in her freezer. And I, <laughs> took them out and threw them in the oven box the next thing you know we're being wiped up by firemen the whole freaking thing went up in flames and uh yeah her best friend never really ever wanted to talk to me again
0: uh, oh my uh,
1: god yeah so that was my first edible experience and
0: that's uh when you're too when you're too high to play mini golf that's um yeah that's a bad bar
1: (laughs) yeah i was just laying a bit it's funny though
0: but, uh, yeah, the the y thing, that's a lot of times that body high is what people feel from edibles. So, um, all right, very cool. Fun stories. And, Willow, how about your first time?
2: Oh, the first time...
0: Wait, before you answer, does your dad know your first time? Or is he hearing this for the first... He, he knows? Okay.
2: Um, I, it was actually with a person, my friend of ours, who's sitting downstairs right now. That's pretty ironic. Oh, cool. He, um, he what, he was... Such a stoner already. He's my best friend's older brother, and um, my best friend was like not into trying it. So I was like, well, I'm gonna do it with him. I don't care. And we went. We walked over to uh, this like little trailer park, that we we were in the canyon. We walked over to this little trailer park nearby uh, that had a pool. Our friend lived there, and and um, we all went behind this bush and smoked out of a little bowl, and then. All I really remember about it was going into the jacuzzi at uh, this tree, this pool afterwards, and I couldn't keep my arms or feet like down. I they kept <laughs> floating up the whole time, so I just kept, like falling over and like I just I was so relaxed that my body just kept floating back up. So that was a pretty good first experience. I was I was happy. I was in a jacuzzi. I was floating.
0: In
1: Topanga Canyon. In
2: Topanga, it was great.
0: That sounds amazing. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So and, and and then you guys fell in love ever since. You've been fan supporters. That's good.
2: Oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah. All right. I can get no complaints from listeners. You've passed all your read quizzes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um so Widow's Point is gonna be available September first through um what is it? One oh one films. So uh where can is and I saw that was a company out in England. Where can US viewers look for it? Do you know? No idea. I, have no idea. I should know I'm so executive so producer
1: but I'm so bad at like Greg knows everything um, okay.
0: okay so we don't want I'll contact him for the info and I'll put it in the show notes so as people can watch this because it's absolutely amazing and I want people to see it so um cool. is, is there anything else you guys want to say about the film or talk about or I might go through my notes and see if there's anything else I want to is anything you
1: listen? your first time acting yeah. And then she, she wouldn't take any any direction from me, by the way. Like, she literally kicked me out of her dressing room trying to, to help her work on her scenes. Yeah, she was like, no.
2: You, you have to understand
1: how, <laughs> to how, how what and you can be. I,
2: I just needed to center myself, focus, and just like, you know, and it, there was a lot of, uh, okay, so let's think about the first time this ever happened to you. Like, <laughs> and I was just like, I can't do. you yeah. know, nope, this is not how I'm going to do this. So it was. So, it was interesting. It was really actually very interesting because I, ex, I was expected to re- need to rely on him so much as a crutch because he's yeah. done this so many times, and it was very interesting to have to actually jump out there and get in front of a camera and and have to be like, wait, no, I got this, you know? Yeah, so that was a it. kind of a interesting thing for me, I guess I didn't know how much I knew already
0: about the craft. So let me ask you, Craig, how do you approach a script or a role? And is that what you tried to teach Willow and Willow, do you do it differently?
1: Yeah, I, (laughs) um, I, what I tried to do is work with her just doing the lines and then, and then try to push her to, to commit. So she wasn't committing when we were working on it. And I was like, you got to really commit to this. You got to commit to the reality of this because she kept laughing. Mm. And I was like, you can't get out there and laugh. Yeah. (laughs) It's not going to work. You got Well, I was laughing because (laughs) it's
2: it's hard when it's your dad. Like, and he's trying to, like, I don't have many lines in the movie. I probably say like four And so I'm saying something like, no and so he's making me say it over and over again with different feeling and like I completely understand that method I've taken acting classes before like I, I get that that's definitely a way that certain people need to kind of get in touch with that for me I'm somebody who's so if I think about something too much or put too much uh pre pre-thought, pre-thought into something I'm not going to do it well because I'm going to be thinking about it so I had to really kind of get in touch with the feeling of whatever was happening from a metaphorical standpoint and then mm-hmm. just go out there and use the pressure of that moment to kind of do do whatever was to be, in, to the be, to be yeah. in the moment to be in the moment so i i understand the process and i both of my parents kind of do it that way so my yeah. whole life i've been like running lines with them and i i've just done done that that way so much that i feel like it's already ingrained is so it you-, like, <laughs> you do it this way <laughs>
0: so which parent is easier to work with oh um. <laughs> he's not looking just whisper it
2: <laughs> i they're both there's there's uh there's some difference there. i've never i've never worked with my mom on anything at thing related, but uh, I can say that when I have worked with my mom on other things, we tend to butt heads quite a lot, so <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> it was
2: nice to be able to say, my dad, I got this, and he kind of stepped away, and I think um, it was hard for him as a father. You want to be like, I'm yeah. going to teach my kid how to do this. This is my, you know, he's very talented and has yes. a lot of experience, so to have his daughter be like, no, I'm doing it myself was probably... Yeah. A little annoying, but
0: yeah, I, th- I think most people would kill to have uh, a live in teacher with that kind of experience. I, I, I yeah, I was
1: never really exactly, <laughs> I, I've never been an acting teacher, although all the a lot of friends would have me work with them on their roles and yeah. scripts and stuff like that. So my daughter just was like, mm, ain't gonna happen. So, all right, and, and what all right, about- I watched her do a couple scenes from behind the camera, and uh, that was kind of cool because she's <laughs> doing her own thing, and
0: yeah and what advice have you given friends like how do you tell people to approach it or break it down like do you have any sage wisdom for any aspiring actors
1: i think the hard part is when you know people it's when they're your friends it's hard to i think i would be probably a really good acting teacher if it was unknown people who were paying me to do it but when it's friends you kind of got to be really careful yeah uh, he's a Taurus. he's
2: very honest yeah (laughs)
1: that's good honest is good and <laughs> yeah. and rare you but know, i try different. to i try to get them to be authentic that's all what to do i want them to be authentic and and then also um certain important things like the pace you know i, I know what you know you got to keep up the pace you can't just indulge in things and let giant spaces swell um and there are times to do that but but you know you gotta Stay in the moment and try to find an action that, that, uh, that your character would do that, that makes you not just sit there being, being a talking head, you know?
0: Is there anything you did early on where you look back and you're like, man, I wish I could redo that. I, I didn't do that justice or, you know?
1: Okay. i gonna tell you a secret that I never told you. Okay. <laughs> first movie.
2: No, that's the best movie. That's my favorite movie he's ever done.
1: My first movie, I was 22 that's and I got this movie. Two. Pia Zadora had just won the um, Golden Globe Award for Butterfly. And she was producing this movie called Voyage of the Rock and Roll Aliens. And I was already getting ready to go on Broadway about four months after that. And all my agents were like, you can't fucking do this. I'm like, what for me to lead in the movie? And it's like, Jermaine Jackson's voice will be coming out of my mouth. Because I didn't dick about it anything i was just so impressed that somebody actually chose me for the role and um you really have to see it in your oh my god it's the best get high movie you've ever seen in your life
2: it
1: really is okay and it's funny and it's stupid and i'm really bad and i like do like several music videos where where i'm like dancing (laughs) and i fall down on a rock and i'm writhing and there's a real fucking black panther beside me yeah it's yeah that i keep in my school locker yeah he, yeah he
2: walked through his school locker into the desert where he has a black panther it's
0: phenomenal, phenomenal. that <laughs> this my mission for the night now is to find that watch, movie <laughs> that's phenomenal um all right guys i i'm so happy to go out on that you guys have been so much fun um i Thank you. And I'm going to, I'm not kidding, follow up with you on that stoner horror Do movie. That. Yes. That. Because I'm that would be amazing. It. And Willow's going to be in it too. And yeah. we're just That's we're, we're going to, oh, yeah. yeah, wherever we are, we're going to get vodka and smoke weed and it'll be fabulous. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much.
1: Stay safe. Thank be well. You. Bye, sweetie. Great seeing you again.
0: Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening to Trailblazing with Tara Masu. Trailblazers, if you could take one moment and go to Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, and rate and leave a review, it really helps other cannabis supporters find us, and it would mean the world to me. We have new episodes every week, so make sure you're subscribed so you're always getting the latest Trailblazing content. I would love to connect and you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter as Blazin Bakery. That's B-L-A-Z-I-N Bakery. Check out BlazinBakery.com for awesome cannabis products, including our new CBD pet line, Blazin Barkery, a company I founded with my dog, Diablo. As always, my name is Tara Masu. Love you all and keep on trailblazing.